right? Okay. This is Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy Gary, and today's guest is our very own Outsiders Guide, Sophia Helmkamp, also a Wilderness First Responder. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I am so happy you came through this. First of all, I'm so happy you reached out to us in the first place uh, to join the team. Via the Instagram DMs. The grand Instagram <laughs> DMs. You know, that's, that's the way we, we get a lot of uh, messages. Um, but there's, you know, we, we've seen you, we've known you for almost a year now, I think, right? Yeah, just about that camping weekend was, Ex or no, the Sunflower Maze was my first trip okay, last August. Okay, so almost a year. Yeah. And um, I, I, I love what you do on the team. I think you're Thank great. You. I don't know enough about you, your personal life, so I'm glad you came here so we could know about your history and your, your story. So we'll start off right now. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Maplewood, New Jersey. Good old Jersey. Good old Jersey. We got, we got a little uh, studio audience who's also from Jersey today. Shout out to the studio audience who's really quiet. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, were you born and raised there? Yeah, born and raised in Maplewood, New Jersey. My family's from New York City primarily. My really? where my parents met. Um, so I feel like New York was always kind of my like post-college plan. Yeah. But yeah, born and raised in New York. Is your or in New Jersey. <laughs> is your family from New York City, like uh, originally? My dad is. What part? Um, Bay Ridge. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, Bay Ridge, what, Italian? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I got it. The Italian's coming later. Yeah, okay, let's see, let's see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my mom's side of the family is Armenian, but not immediately I had from no Armenia. idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm half Persian, which is like, you're my neighbor, but I had no uh, idea yeah. you're Armenian. So you're Italian-Armenian? Yes. Really? Yep. <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, surprising. Huh? That's hot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank <Hot> you. stuff. <laughs> um, do you speak any other languages? No, just English. Okay. Unfortunately, my mom's whole side of the family is 100% Armenian. Um, my mom was the first one to not marry someone who was Armenian. Okay. And so my brother and I are the first ones to not speak Armenian. Was it's a little bit of like a, a hot button was, issue. Was that, was that, was that like a, a problem for your, your grandparents or something? No, I don't think so. I think it was very much, you know, marry who you want to marry. But right. um, my mom definitely, I think, regrets not raising us learning Armenian. Yeah, and I, I regret not. We used to go to Armenian school growing really? up, and like a Sunday school type yeah. of thing. Um, but we were living in New Jersey. It was in New York, so every Sunday my parents would drive us to the city. Mm -hmm. And I think at a certain point, my brother and I were just kind of like not interested in oh. that. I was like six years old. <laughs> I mean, that's usually the case. kids don't want to learn their their parents' language if they're not already speaking that regularly at yeah. home. I'm, I'm fortunate my mom would speak to me in French only until I was six. And then, uh, then she got like French babysitters when she had babysitters. So mm -hmm. thankfully, and I really appreciate it. As a kid, I'm like, cool, I can speak French. I didn't, yeah. As an adult, I'm so thankful I, yeah. I learned that. I definitely wish I did. It's, yeah. not, a, uh, it's not an easy language to pick up. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a different alphabet as well, right? Different alphabet, yeah. It's so, like 38 letters or something, oh, wow. and they're totally different. <laughs> well, why don't you go back and learn it? So my... Grandpa actually, um, he teaches Armenian like kind of all around the world. Really? Um, yeah, Armenian and English. He's kind of like aging out of doing that. He's just getting a little bit older. Um, so you can get does, it for free when he comes back to Jersey. Well, he lives in California, so I don't get to see him super often. Um, but he actually. Of course, he lives in California. There's so many Armenians and Persians yes, there. It's exactly, crazy. Exactly. Then one of the best Persian restaurants in LA is called Rafi's, and it's Persian Armenian. I've been, I've actually heard of it. Yeah. I've been meaning to go. I've gone out to LA, LA a few times, but okay. it just hasn't. 
Have next time you go to next time I'm going to LA for Outsiders, okay. I'll see if you can join. Yes. We've got to do the Outsiders and we hit up Rafi's. I'm down. Let's do Sign it. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So but what were what were you like as a kid? What were you doing like when you grew up? And you're obviously you're obviously like a super outdoorsy person. First off, I gotta say, you're how old are you now? I'm almost twenty five. Almost twenty five. Yeah. It's not usual that a twenty five year old and well I met you when you're twenty twenty three that wants to be a wilderness first responder and so into the outdoors. Usually yeah. that comes after, you know, the binge drinking bar days. So how, <laughs> how did you skip that? Um, or maybe you're doing it on the, on the weekend. It's funny. <laughs> I feel like I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day because yeah. someone, a friend I had met in college who I guess just had always thought that I was like an outdoorsy person okay. and like growing up in that sense. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely not really the case. Well, what, what were you like then? Um, growing up, I did gymnastics. Okay. That was like my whole life. I did competitive gymnastics through middle school. And then in high school, I just kind of did it more like recreationally and stopped competing. Why did you stop? Because you were just tired of it? Just like, it's a lot of time. It's, it's like a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, it's a <laughs> commitment. A few people we spoke to uh, in this past week were prodigies in their specific sport and they just decided to give it up because they just didn't have a life yeah um i definitely like for how i did it starting at age six so for how long i did gymnastics i definitely wouldn't go anywhere near the prodigy category right. um yeah i think the gym i went to was like pretty underfunded and so it was very difficult to we didn't have like all of the equipment necessary to like progress very quickly in gymnastics mm -hmm. um so I think that was kind of a barrier. And it got to a point where I was just like, I'm just here for fun. Like, right. I'm not, if after doing it for seven to 10 years, I was there, I knew I wasn't going to the Olympics. <laughs> right, right. So I kind of just. But what else did you do as a kid? Like, you weren't an outdoorsy kid. No, that came later. Funny enough, people like always, when they, when they meet me through outsiders, they think I'm like this avid hiker and avid. I'm like, I actually wasn't a fan of hiking. Yeah. <laughs> I grew an appreciation of it. But I, I was big on being active and outside, mm -hmm. but more like, Playing basketball, riding my BMX, going to the beach, like doing things like that was what I loved. Yeah. So what about you? What would you do? I mean, the gymnastics really was like my whole really? thing. Yeah. Ex Be at least during like after school. I also, I did a little bit of guitar. Wasn't, okay. Wasn't very good at that. <laughs> um, but my mom really wanted me to play an instrument. Um, so I did that for many years. I also did dance. But kind of the dance and the gymnastics, I feel like didn't. I'm not flexible, okay. <laughs> which is like kind of necessary for both of those things. I think so. Um, yeah. So that kind of held me back in a lot of ways. So how, well, how are you here? Like when you're talking about the, all these different activities, were you junior high, high school? Elementary school and middle school. Yeah. Okay. And then high school, elementary and middle school, I did guitar, gymnastics and dance. And then in high school, I dropped the, the guitar and the dance just to gymnastics. And were you uh, a well-behaved child? I think so. Yeah, you yeah. never, never like rebelled in high school. I think that my, I have an older brother. He's three years older. I think he, in a lot of ways, like paved the way. He was a little more misbehaved than maybe yeah. I was, and so by the time I was, my parents were raising me, like they had, you know, seen it all with my brother. Oh man. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think it was too. Um, I was well behaved. A couple of slip ups here and there, you know. Oh yeah, anything yeah. you want to elaborate on? Um, I did have a party in high school that was shut down by the cops, <laughs> which really went out of my 
hands, kind yeah. of like, it's the first weekend I was ever left home alone. My brother went to college. My parents were at the beach. Um, invited a couple friends over, and then word kind of got around town. Oh, that, yeah. Like, I had a free house. And so all these people from my high school I didn't know super well. I'm envisioning just, like, super bad. Just, like, showed up my house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, McLovin showed up and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I would say that was probably one of the most mad my yeah. parents ever were at me. But you, seem pretty, you seem pretty even keel. Like, yeah. Is there, are you, have you always been that way? Like, is there ever, no? Okay, you're cool. <laughs> uh, like, kind of, yeah, I've always been that way. Uh, where'd you go to college? Um, I started my freshman year of college at UC San Diego. Why'd you go there? I really wanted the warm weather. I mm. thought California was like everything I wanted. I think I um, played it up in my head a little right. bit too much. Um, and then I ended up not really liking it that much. I transferred after my freshman year to Skidmore College in upstate New York. Okay. I, f- I see like that's more your speed. Way more well, my speed. My freshman year of college, I went to school in Ohio. Really? Yeah. It was what brought you terrible. There? I played basketball. Okay. But beyond that, I also wanted like the traditional college experience where mm-hmm. I thought I would enjoy it. I hated it. I hated frats, sororities. I hated exactly. all that stuff. It was the worst. Exactly. Um, and I also hated the Midwest. Like, it was flat. No offense to anyone watching the Midwest, <laughs> from the Midwest, but I mean, I speak to people in Chicago and tell them I lived in Ohio. They're like, ooh. And like, yeah. <laughs> that's the Midwest. I mean, that was Shaming Ohio. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, Ohio? <laughs> but it was, it was an amazing experience because mm-hmm. I thought the rest of the United States I think I thought we were the United States. I thought everyone was like, well, we live yeah. in the tri-state area. Yeah. It's not at it's all. It's not. That made me understand the political climate a little better. Mm-hmm. Understand a lot more. Um, so now I realize we're a bubble, you know, and I saw this, I saw somebody wearing a shirt that says, don't call me American. I'm a New Yorker. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that now. I think I didn't, <clears throat> I had a similar thing going to California. Um, I don't want to go as far as to say like a culture shock, but I think it definitely... I, I would say for me, and yeah. obviously California, you can say that. Yeah, like I didn't anticipate just how different it would be um, in the sense of maybe I didn't realize how much I was like a Northeaster yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the sense of like kind of very like blunt, dry sense of humor, maybe a dark sense of humor sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like the people I met in California were very like happy-go-lucky, maybe a little... Um, I don't want to say like surface level, but I felt like a lot of the relationships that I made aside from like the few close friendships were just kind of like a surface level vibe. And I think people in like New York, New Jersey are much more like a a cut to the point type of person. Also, I feel like uh, New York, New York City, or I should say the Northeast sarcasm can be misconstrued very fast and people get offended very quickly. And, uh, too bad for you if you do, because <laughs> that's yeah. the way we speak. I feel like if I have to explain everything to you and it goes over your head, um, yeah, I just have a hard time with it because I'm so used to communicating that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what made you, you left because of that, right? And what that made was you like one part of it. The Greek life thing was another part. I was like not interested in that at all. But Skidmore um, has that stuff too. Skidmore has no Greek life. Really? Yes. Hmm. Which is like, I think very much shaped the experience at Skidmore and I think is why a lot of people choose to go there is the lack of Greek life and like the small school proximity to nature things like that um 
but you were you into nature by then were you into no you weren't okay no. so then you don't you can't say that that was a reason you went there and it wasn't a <laughs> reason i went there it was a reason like yeah. some people went i know for there. me when i left ohio i was like i'm not going anywhere but the city i went to school mm-hmm. in manhattan hunter college i'm like i'm not leaving this place yeah yeah i kind of wish i had i mean i don't like regret going to california i think that that if I hadn't have gone to California, I wouldn't have ended up at Skidmore. And Skidmore is like definitely what shaped me into the person I am. So mm-hmm. I'm very like grateful for having done that. Well, how would you describe your experience there? Super positive. Um, that was kind of like the intro to the outdoor stuff. That was where I got into rock climbing, which okay. is like very much even more so than hiking. Like that is my thing. That's my life. So you're you're uh, bouldering or. Uh High rope. All of it. Oh, was it was it called Top high rope? rope? Top rope, yeah. yes. Um, I started doing ropes in college through Skidmore's like outdoor club. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I started. And then I didn't really take advantage. They did a lot of like outdoor activities too. I didn't really take advantage of those as much as I, in hindsight, wish I did. Right. Because they're all like free or provided by the school. Right. And like same reason I love outsiders is it gives you just like a way easier way to get outside. Yeah. Um, your college just like does all the logistics for you, which really? is great. Um, yeah, so I got into climbing then and got into backpacking after college. You just gave me an idea. What's the I idea? I think we reach out to the CUNY schools and provide the outings for them as outsiders. That would be a great idea. You want to help facilitate that? I could do that. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. It's not a bad idea. I didn't know, I didn't know Skidmore had, I mean, it makes sense, right? But, yeah. Um, who could use it more? Kids that are already in nature or kids in the city? Yeah. Uh-huh. I've actually done a lot of, part of the way I found outsiders, I used to Google um, like outdoor jobs, NYC. Yeah. <laughs> and just see what would like stick. <laughs> and I know Outward Bound has like a, yeah. they do some partnerships in New they York. They do a lot um, of uh, charitable, really good causes. I mean, yeah. they take inner, inner city youth and take them out, but they take them out for like a few days. Yeah. And that's more intense. Not so much for, entertainment as it is for wellness and showing them there's more to the world than what they what they've seen definitely my my sister does outward bound in baltimore oh really yeah that's yeah. amazing we're gonna get her up here she's a well, this responder as well we're gonna get up that. here to uh do a do one of our hikes eventually yeah but she's now also a nurse so she's busy uh Wait, doing all the matt nurses. told me she's she's moving out to the pacific yeah Northwest. but i'm not sure when she, oh she thinks she may be moving in august you're right well then when she comes to visit. <laughs> yeah. I can see you out north, the northeast. Yeah. The northwest, excuse me. Yeah. I've thought about it. I think just like, I feel bad leaving my family. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be hard for me to just like up and relocate somewhere Are you else. super tight with your, I mean, more beyond just your parents, your uh, immediate family? Are you close with Definitely. Those? Yeah. We have a pretty small family. So I yeah. feel like that lends itself to being tight knit and we're all in like New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I get to see them several times a year, which is great. And then I think also just like my grandparents are getting older. So I want to yeah. make sure I'm around for like that as well. Of course. When, uh, when did you start looking for outdoor, outdoor jobs and outdoor, I guess you started climbing, right? But when did that become something more beyond just a hobby? The climbing remains a hobby i'd love to make it a job one day somehow <laughs> but it wouldn't be too hard all you gotta do is yeah, get certified I gotta, like leave new york to do it no you don't kind of you can do like brooklyn boulders uh, i mean like i want to do like outdoor guiding oh well the gunks is where you yes. gotta do it yeah yeah um okay um what was your question <laughs> when did you start looking 
into right, like right, the outdoors right. as as work or interested in working. And what did you study in, in school, by the way? Um, in undergrad, I did social work, yeah. and then I went to grad school for social work, which is what brought me to New York originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's your your day job, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I graduated. I was a 2020 grad from undergrad. 2020. So middle of the pandemic, everything. How was no that? graduation. No. You never had a graduation. Oh no. We'll do a graduation for you outside. <laughs> they of did one. They did one two <laughs> years later, um, <laughs> okay. which was honestly special in itself. They like brought us all back to campus and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my spring break of my senior year, they called off the semester and like moved everything remote. So like the last two months of your school, yep. what a crazy experience. What a crazy experience, yeah. Man. At that time, I was, the way the social work major works is you do a, what's called a field placement for your last semester. So I actually wasn't doing classes. I was doing a full-time internship. And it, that kind of only further complicated things for me because classes went remote, but my internship was still in person at the time. So they sent everyone home and because Skidmore houses everyone on campus. Mm -hmm. So they kicked everyone out of their housing. We all had to come pack up and leave. Classes went remote. I, my internship was still in person at the time. So I had to book an Airbnb in Saratoga Springs for two months to finish out the school year. But but did you get reimbursed from your dorm or something like that? How did that work? No, no. They didn't care? I mean, that was like, well, okay. So I booked the Airbnb and then... Within my first week of being back after spring break, the internship went remote as well. Okay. So, but at that point I had the Airbnb and I had some of my friends who were also staying there for the summer. So you had another party. There you so go. We had, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We honestly just kind of like created our own little pod yeah. in Saratoga, um, which is where Skidmore is. And we kind of rode out that like first wave of the pandemic up there, mm-hmm. which was a lot better than like being stuck at home. Yeah. With like nothing to do. Exactly. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Um, so I honestly felt very fortunate for kind of how that all panned out, although it was an additional finance. <laughs> why did you choose social work? I started as a psychology major, um, not really knowing like what social work was. My original dream job was to do like forensic psychology. Really? So I wanted to do. I used to watch so much Criminal Minds. Like I wanted <laughs> to like be a behavioral analyst. Yeah. I wanted to work for the FBI. That was like my whole really? thing. Um, so I thought psychology was like the path to do that. And then when I transferred to Skidmore, I just like coincidentally enrolled in a social work class and kind of realized that was like what I thought I wanted to do with psychology, but was a much quicker path because in order to like practice psychology, you often have to get your PhD yeah. to be fully licensed and social work. You just need the masters. So I was looking at like four to six years post-grad or one. And a lot less debt. A lot less debt. Yep. So that was my plan. I switched majors. Um, I liked the much more like anti-oppressive lens that I think social work has over psychology. Um, anti-oppressive? Yeah. How how was that? Like it because I think in psychology you can kind of work with anyone, whereas mm-hmm. social work the lens is more towards like marginalized people yeah. or it's who you're working with. Um, I think that just like felt more passionate to me than just kind of working. When with did anyone. you figure that out after you took the after, after you took I the took class? The okay, class, yeah, just kind of learned more about just how like messed up a lot of things are yeah. in many yeah, systems sure. and yeah. So that was kind of where I pivoted. Um, 
And then if you do the bachelor's in social work, the, what a master's program would be two years, you could do like accelerated standing gotcha. and you get a master's in one year. Now let me ask you, uh, obviously what you do as a day job is super fulfilling, right? Yes. Uh, but it can be, it can be sad and it can wear on you. Absolutely. So how do you deal with that? Um, definitely my coworkers are like a big source of like people I rely on. Um, I was, you saw earlier, my like the work phone, I think is very essential too. Cause yeah. at five, you can kind of just like put it down. You're not getting calls and emails on your personal phone. So you can kind of turn off your work life in a sense. Yeah. Um, and you're in the field, right? You go to these homes? Or no, no. I work in public defense. So I work at the Legal Aid Society. I work with people who have been arrested and are facing like criminal court charges mm -hmm. um, and essentially trying to get, advocating for them to get the best outcomes in their like court cases. Have you ever considered doing law for that? People ask that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, um, first of all, I don't really want to go back to school. <laughs> right. That's one big thing. Um, I also think like I feel fulfilled in the role that I'm doing at the law firm. So I don't really feel the need to like go become the lawyer as opposed to right. like, I just work with the lawyers um, yeah. and assist them from my own background. So yeah, I think I just don't want to do that. So, <laughs> so you were doing social work uh, as far as studying. When did this whole I can work outdoors thing come about? So after I finished grad school in 2021, I was living in the city. I was kind of trying to look into I wanted to do something for the summer. Like I finished in May. I was like, I don't want to, because I had my master's at 22. So I was kind of like, like that was a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> like um, five years straight through school, the last year and a half of which was like fully remote. Um, so I was kind of just in this position of like, I want to take the summer to do something, kind of leave New York. Um, so I started looking into how I could use social work in an outdoor capacity. And okay. I came across wilderness therapy. So I did that. My that was my first job post grad. Um, I actually commuted to and from Vermont for a summer. <laughs> um, How often would you commute? Every week, once a week. Okay. So the way wilderness therapy works is you work. This is also why I got the wilderness first responder. Um, you work on for a week, eight days, backpacking with youth, and then wow. you get six days off. What was the organization you worked with? It was called True North. Okay, so similar to Outward Bound. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. But this seems more, more um, involved because you're... More like therapeutic based, yeah. I think. Um, the students all work. It's definitely smaller groups too, I think. It's about seven kids. I don't know what the Outward Bound trips are. Um, yeah, it's about seven kids, anywhere ages 14 to, I think, 24. And there's different age groups depending. The 14-year-olds are not with the 24-year-olds. You're doing like God's work, the <laughs> social work, taking kids out to nature and so on. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. But that was kind of... So to be honest, I don't know what called me to doing backpacking per se. Yeah, because um, you were a climber. You're not necessarily a hiker. Yeah, I was a climber. Yeah. Um, not really into hiking at all, but I kind of just thought... I had like spent much of the last year and a half inside due to the pandemic. And I was like, I'm just looking to, to get outside. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that felt that way. And um, people, some people think that I started outsiders in the pandemic. It's not the case. We started four years, years ago, before. Yeah. Uh, just during the pandemic, people realized they need to get outside. And there was a moment where when we had the Volvo partnership that um, 
we were the only thing people could do socially uh, in the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> so it really helped us. Uh, that partnership helped us. Did you grow. see a big like growth in outsiders during the pandemic? Yes and no. We saw a big growth. You know, I think year three. Okay. Uh, into four. But during the pandemic, so that's when we started selling out we, uh, monthly events. But we only do once a month. Wow. Sometimes we're doing twice yeah. a month. And then during the pandemic. Even just once on a weekend too, like not both days. Exactly. Wow. So then we started doing um, twice a month, but not the same day. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in 2021, we started doing twice a month, two days. So four times, which mm-hmm. is kind of like where we stayed around, except for the summer where we we increase but yeah. i think <laughs> yeah, i think uh, a lot of it was because of the pandemic people's people realizing they wanted to be outside mm-hmm. also people beyond the pandemic people that are tired of a social environment that's always in a bar or a club and yes. you know those are t- typically the people that are slightly you know older i'd say like in the early 30s mm-hmm. um but then there's <laughs> folks like you kids, you know <laughs> kids like you yeah like an old man <laughs> There's uh, younger adults like you that mm-hmm. um, that really have taken to the outdoors and prefer that. And I saw I saw culture changing a bit. And prior to the pandemic, I used to work in nightlife where people would no longer necessarily go out a lot. Uh, and then after going out, they go eat in a diner and disco fries. And all that. that culture was kind of disappearing. And I saw a lot of people going out on occasion, maybe just the weekends, but also mm-hmm. finding their social outlet with class pass and doing Totally. You know, and I don't know if I think maybe that's one of the few things social media helped create because everyone now wanted to look like they're in the best shape to to flex on social mm-hmm. media. So maybe that's one positive that came out of that for uh, you know in regards to vanity. But um, <laughs> I felt like uh, the healthy social environments were the were the new trend. For sure, um, I think people just kind of realized during the pandemic just how small like a New York City apartment is <laughs> and, you know, wanting to feeling very confined to that. And I think that was mm-hmm. at least how I had felt after oh, that be- year. And I was like, I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah, And beyond <laughs> just the confinement, the lack of group gatherings. Connection. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me. That's why I did the free bike rides every Saturday mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer of 2020. People were like, that's so smart. You're keeping the brand out there. You know, I'm like, well, she, uh, that's a, I, I am doing that, but no, I need to see other people. Yeah. This is a safe way to do it yeah, for absolutely. my own personal needs. Same way I started outside. It was like a need I had. I was like, I want to hang out with people and make new friends, but I don't want to do it in a bar yeah. anymore. I'm tired of that. Um, yeah, so. I think the like um, people kind of realized that they could... I think at first in the pandemic, there was uncertainty about like how it spread. So people didn't think the outside was really even safe either. Yeah. And I think once people learned like outdoor transmission was not as likely, I think outdoor recreation oh, like, I mean, skyrocketed. Look at Minnewaska State Park. They saw one of our hikes like, no, 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 you can't do this. Uh, you know, permit. First off, we do. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I think it, the hiking trails got bombarded with people. Yeah. And uh, kind of ruined some trails for those who weren't sure. didn't respect them and stay on trail. So uh, actually, that leads back to the whole wilderness responder thing. So how how did you go about getting that? Was that required for the wilderness therapy you were doing? Yes, it was okay. required for the wilderness therapy, which is why I even got it in the first place. Yeah. Um, very grateful to have done that. I definitely wouldn't. Were you have the in youngest general. one in class? Yeah, by far. I'm assuming there were some people who were actually there. There were a couple of people who were my age who yeah. ha- were getting their wilderness first responder because they were leading their college outdoor 
trips. Huh. So okay. at their own like schools, outing clubs. Gotcha. Um, yeah, any school that has an outing club has to have like a set number of guides who have the wilderness first responder. So a lot of college kids do get it through okay. their school, which again, I wish I took advantage of because it's like a third oh, yeah. of the price. Because <laughs> yeah. um, the course can be rather expensive. Um, but yeah, I ended up finding, this was like so lucky. I Because they house you for, the, I think it's an eight day course. Eight the woofers eight days? Yeah. And what is first responders referred to as woofer as well, right? Yes, woofer. Okay. Um, so the woofer certification is an eight day course. Mm-hmm. I happened to find this one that took place at a summer camp in Massachusetts, I think in the Berkshires. And so for eight days, it was this was June 2021. I got to the group of maybe 15 of us had an entire like summer campground to ourselves because the campers hadn't arrived for the summer. Okay. And it was still like pretty on the earlier side of the pandemic. And th- so they housed us all in our own cabins. <laughs> so I had like a 20 person like bunk bed cabin by yourself by myself she go yeah. jumping from one bed to the other which bed do I choose like how am I supposed to I know? wouldn't choose one I just sleep in a <laughs> new yeah, one every yeah, night yeah, yeah, yeah. every night I sleep in a new one <laughs> I was gonna do that that was kind of my original plan but once <laughs> I set up I was like nah. yeah <laughs> so eight days how'd you feel about it did you ever was there any moment there well, tell us about what that what that class is like and was there ever a moment where you're like what am I doing I don't want to do this I think I Okay, well, the class itself is, it's like a full-time <clears throat> job for a week. So it's nine to five. It, I forget how many hours it comes out to, but it's eight days, nine to five every day. Um, they also gave you lunch included, which was really nice. The campground kitchen's like cooking for us. Only <laughs> lunch? They don't give you like no, they breakfast They gave us dinner? everything. Um, but just say. saying like in the middle of the day, we'd get a lunch break. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, so nice of them. So nice of them. <laughs> I say like to say the food was good. Okay. Um, Wait, do you pay for this yourself or is this? Yes. A, okay. Which, that's what she's saying. Like she wished she did it through school because it's a third of the price. If oh, you do it, okay. They'll cover it. Yeah. It's, it's close to a thousand dollars for the week, but in college, how long does like it last? A couple hundred. You just have to renew it, but you don't have to pay again for the class. It right? lasts three years. But do you, we have to retake the class and pay a thousand again. You, the recertification is a shorter course. I think yeah. it's maybe two or three days. Yes. Um, I think it's the length of like the wilderness first aid which okay. is a separate certification that's like a two or three day course. Gotcha. Um, so I think it's just a refresher and yeah. it's definitely cheaper my to, sister do, to just restart. Had, yeah, <laughs> my sister had a restart and um, she was like recording Instagram stories, how that they pretend like they're evac somebody, like they, yep. they, all this stuff. It was, it was kind of funny, but I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, they thought our, um, maybe they say this to every group, I don't know, but our two instructors said that our class was like particularly bright. And so they kind of see that's everybody. They definitely say that to everybody. <laughs> but we were doing things that I've talked to other people who took the world, who did the woofer certification yeah. in other places, who didn't do these things. We were doing these um, like cliffside rescues, yeah. <laughs> where you would have because there's kind of an acting component involved. Yeah. Um, you get to kind of be the person who's like stuck on the side of a cliff and right. they put fake blood all over you. Really? They really, yeah. They they do it all. Okay. Um, but because we were at the summer camp, we had access to like the hiking trails on the grounds. Um, so we did this one, the last night of the program, we did like a nighttime cliffside rescue. So we like went out in the middle of the night, which again, they said they didn't do this with other people. So I don't know. But <laughs> we went out in the middle of the night and like learned how to haul people up these cliffs with like just our headlamps. And they had the different camp staff who were there early. Um, 
like covered them all in fake blood. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cool. Yeah. Very unique experience. Hopefully I never have to use those skills. Yeah, I hope that's you all I can never say. <laughs> ever have to. Yeah. <laughs> Man, okay. Um, so you got this woofer, uh, and how soon after did you start looking for jobs in the outdoors? I, I got the woofer because I already had the backpacking job. Okay. But I couldn't start it until I had the woofer certification. So what happened to that job? I, I did a training for that job, then I did the woofer, and then I did my first shift. So that was all like May to June 2021. Um, I did about five weeks there. I was supposed to do a little longer. I ended up fracturing my toe, which was a bummer. and mm. had to, can't backpack like that. How'd you do that? <laughs> I think just like overuse injury. Mm. Um, I know when you fracture, hike a yeah. lot. Yeah, just a stress fracture. Um, but yeah, the wilderness, the first... The wilderness therapy was a truly unique experience. Something you didn't like. No, I, I loved it, but I think it's very, there's a lot of like controversy around wilderness therapy as a field. Um, Explain. There's a wide range of like ethics within the program, the types of programs that exist. So a lot of people, I'd say, okay, the main critique comes from what's called gooning, which <laughs> is the... What you hear about in these like people who are kind of like kidnapped in the middle of the night and taken to these like programs, their parents have them sent to these programs, like therapeutic programs. It's called the troubled teen industry. Oh, whoa. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. It's, it's like whole, it's complicated. Um, there's tons of different types of programs. Some range from like a punishment based program, which is like definitely on the unethical side of the spectrum. Wait, so what would they get punished while they're in the program? Like what, what happens? Like the, the intensity of the program is like, you know, you have kids who are not voluntarily there, like hiking 10 miles a day for growth. <laughs> Essentially, they're, they're doing hard labor. They're d- yeah. Have you ever seen uh, one of those, the things when they, they bring the kids to jail? Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's kind of like it's that. It's like a scared straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scared yeah. straight. I mean, yeah. scared straight, they don't have that show anymore for a reason. Yeah, That's no, right. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel triggered. <laughs> you guys get yelled at by some inmate. Stop, I feel triggered. <laughs> it wouldn't happen in this day. <laughs> yeah, so I found that a program that, like, doesn't, do that it's not punishment yeah. based um definitely way more of like a therapeutic lens um i think there's been a lot of growth within that industry over the last several years at the same time there is still like a lot to be critiqued about it too just in the sense of the kids who are there are there because their parents sent them there like they're not really there voluntarily and mm. by their own um agency it doesn't seem like it'd be a pleasant environment to be around even if you're just supposed to help them out yeah so i mean it, they're there for two to three months as well. So they're camping and backpacking every day for two to three months. Just hell like, no. hell no. I mean, <laughs> I run outsiders. Yeah. I would not want to do that. No. No, no way. Yeah. What, camp for three months? Hiking, be forced to hike and camp for three months? Sleep on the ground for three months. <laughs> what about like bathrooms? Is it just like the nature. facilities, as it's Jill would nature. say? There's no toilet paper. Oh you wipe, you wipe God, with leaves. For three months. How about showering? <laughs> showering? They get to shower once a week. Oh. Yeah. So, but then when Send I me to jail. <laughs> Send me to jail. When I was working for the week, I wouldn't shower for the week because I would just shower when I got off. It's funny. Uh, my, my sister hikes, like, it's just like week long hikes. Yeah. <laughs> she did one 
in Portland, and she was staying at my brother's house. So she went from this week-long hike and went to my brother's house. <laughs> it was like she smelled so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah I got that text message, too. <laughs> <laughs> she was forced to, like, shower right away, yep. take all her stuff. He almost burned it. That's <laughs> how bad it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a little too bougie for that person. Yeah, when I would get off my shifts... Um, I would often go, so I was driving to and from New York and Vermont the whole summer, but yeah. my boyfriend at the time was still at Skidmore. Mm. Um, so I would kind of stop there along the way as like a halfway point and I would always come out of my shifts and I'd be like, smell me, I smell so bad. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I would just really smell like fire. It kind of like overrides the BO in oh, a lot yeah, of sense. Oh but yeah, I would arrive and immediately get in the shower. So <laughs> one week without a shower. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool story. <laughs> <laughs> you you get used to it. I snuck oh, in baby wipes. Like. Yeah. I would have like a backpack full. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, uh, Jill did a hike mm-hmm. out west where it's like leave no trace, but really leave no trace. Mm-hmm. Like you have to carry your shit out. Literally, if you I, take a shit, you got to carry it out. Did you, have, yeah. did you guys have to do that? I didn't have to do that, but... So what the kids would use is um, leaves from spruce trees, which that's what they would wipe their butts with <laughs> and is that like the leaf you're supposed to use that's just yeah it's like you know it's but the one that we're, the, they're taught to not have is, is not poisonous like right. this is what it looks like it's not poisonous you can yeah, use like it on pine your needles and <laughs> I was say, doesn't like a spruce tree leaf kind of almost look like a poison ivy leaf you know i don't know i know what a spruce tree leaf looks like uh, do you, know what, I, you don't know what poison well, ivy, I do know what poison oh, ivy looks like say. but the trees are like they're tall. They're oh, much okay, taller right, than poison right, ivy right. would be. Spruce trees. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, poison ivy is like a vine anyway. It's yeah, not a tree. Exactly. Yeah, okay, but a leaf on the ground is a leaf on the ground. You're going to grab some. All right, cool. This works. No, take take it from the tree. tree. Take, take it from the tree. Okay. <laughs> you're a dry ass leaf. Wipe your ass. <laughs> the reason I say I don't know is because I snuck in baby wipes. Oh, so, so, okay. Gotcha. Because like the kids aren't supposed to know that you have baby wipes because they're yeah. there for three months wiping their butts with leaves so and i'm here for a week oh so like God. i'm not supposed to let them know that i have wipes but i have like my own ability to bring what i want to bring and stuff so wow to come back to your question you have to carry around your wipes because you can't you use the leaves because you just toss them in the ground they buy like biodegrade oh, carry know. your wipes so you i had to carry my or... yeah my wipes my use baby okay wipes. so so i'm gonna ask you uh how long did this job last and why'd you leave? And I think I know the answer. <laughs> I worked for five shifts, so eight day shifts, 40 days. I was like, you count the job works where you like count your field days type of thing. Yeah. So when you meet someone, you say, like, how many days do you have in the field? Um, so I think I walked away with about 40 days and I left because I fractured my toe. Okay. So I had about three more. My question is, why didn't you go back? Because I want, I was ready to. My whole plan was to only do that as like a seasonal okay, job for understood. the summer. That was kind of my like post-grad thing. I knew when the fall came around, I was going to like get, start my career, right. <laughs> which is what I'm doing now. But I also, the program runs year round in Vermont. So I was not looking to be there in the winter. <laughs> Wait, they do that during the winter? They do it during the winter. That's in weird. the winter, they stay in cabins. In the winter, they sleep inside. Are there toilets in the winter? Um, there's like a composting toilet. From what I understand, I didn't okay. do the winter With program, so I'm paper? not totally sure. I think so. You got to. There's nothing to pull up. There's no. That's tr- a good point. Yeah, the tree, the leaves yeah. are off the trees. Yeah, I would guess there's toilet paper. In the Man, <laughs> what are the results they really see from these kids? I think it varies. Um, 
it full and I think any like therapeutic process varies on like the buy-in of the participant kind of like of you course, have to, yeah. you know even if you arrive there involuntarily a lot of the times there is some point in the program where the kid does realize like okay this is helping me I do understand how it's helping why I'm here what I'm benefiting from right. um and then they would have like these really amazing graduation ceremonies and like their families would come. It was really cute. And they were appreciative um, too. That, yeah. Really? I think okay. so. It very, like there were definitely <coughs> kids who were like, get me the hell out of yeah. here. Um, but you have to pass through a lot of like goals in order to Sounds like the, the other day we had a guy, uh, the, the owner of Worthwhile Jeff, mm -hmm. and he was in the Marines. Really? And he, he thinks, you know, he'll vouch for the Marines, change his life. He needed it. Mm -hmm. But from day one, he counted the days that he was going to leave. Yeah. Like, but he thinks it was great, but he hated it, but he, it was great. You know, yeah. so I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing. I think it's also, I, part of what like kind of pulled me away from it was questioning like the longevity of the like success of the treatment in the sense of like the kid is taken out of their environment and oh, they yeah. do all of this like work on themselves and then they're often just plopped back into their the original environment that right. often probably created the problems. Maybe there's problems at home or in school or whatever is going mm -hmm. on. Um, so, yeah, I think the wilderness therapy field is just starting to but really I mean, be built in like the research realm of that type of stuff. Yeah. Like how effective and is it? And this is the same with the correction system, right? Yes. Penal system is the same way. Exactly. They, they, they're supposed to rehabilitate you, but they don't. You're it being All it is is a punishment. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully people like you who have these social work uh, masters and so on, no processes to, to implement change in their behaviors yeah. move forward. Well, that's my whole, that's yeah. my job. That's yeah. my day job now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I do like, I think a lot of people question the work that I do in the sense of like, oh, but what about like the murders and the rapists and like the people that do these really violent crimes? Um, and I just believe that People who do those things, people who are in general are a product of their environment. Um, so if that's happening and someone is like acting in that way, they are very likely have their own like very extensive history of trauma that causes you to behave in ways yeah. that like. When well, you're talking about, <laughs> there's also the the argument of nature versus nurture, right? <clears throat> so I believe that for sure, but I also believe that with uh, someone's natural DNA makeup some, some may have may also like someone in one situation yeah. may not turn to doing those things if they're predisposed to be have a certain kind of character absolutely uh, but then again that's like a argument that's been going on forever so yeah. uh, when did you when you left uh, this gig with your fractured toe yeah <laughs> uh, what was your next outdoor gig and did you had you already started social work by then yeah I kind of at the same time I was looking into a full-time social work job and yeah. also Googling outdoor jobs NYC. <laughs> Is that when you found us? Yes. Really? Wait, when you uh, Googled outdoor jobs NYC, <laughs> did anything pop up for like Times Square crazy person in a costume? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I don't think there's a company putting these people out. These are just people like know they can make a buck wearing a Spider-Man outfit. All right, so that's a business right there. You might want to get on it because you can actually contract people to do this for you. <laughs> No thanks. <laughs> no, avoid that. So that's when you found us. Yeah, that was around when I found you guys. Um, and then same time, I was like kind of ramping up my own social work career. So when you found us, what kind of research did you do about us? What would you look up? I had honestly been 
following you guys for a long time before I actually reached out. Um, I kind of was just trying to figure out like whether it fit in my schedule. I wanted right. to. So this was now. I honestly didn't reach out to you guys for a while because mm-hmm. this is now we're looking at like November 2021, I think. Yeah, November 2021. Um, that was when I started my job at the Legal Aid Society. And then I didn't end up working with you guys until the following summer. Right. Um, yeah. So what was it about the outsiders? That people, I mean, there's other there's a few outdoor groups, but none of them, you know, I feel like the outdoor groups are pretty much just hiking. Yeah. Or like a cycling club. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what was the appeal for you? So I, I've worked at some of the other companies in New York that also do outdoor trips. Um, and they, it's just on a larger, the groups are much larger. They're more like 50 people. Whereas yeah. the outsiders hover between like 15 to 30. Um, and I think that that was something that definitely drew me to it. It was just like the smaller size. What were the other groups? Which, the other organizations? Yeah. Source Adventures is the... Yeah, they're not a community, though. They're yeah. tour operators. Are they still operating? Yes. Shit, sorry. It's not my phone ringing. I swear. <laughs> it's on silent. Oh, I know what time it is. Okay. My right, gratitude alarm. Yeah, that's fine. I'm that's grateful fine. that you didn't yell at me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Source Adventures. They do more like like the, the big buses. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I definitely enjoy working with them, but it's less... Like, yeah, community-driven in a mission sense. (laughs) I think we're more fun. Just saying. I think there's a wider array of activities. With um, what we do. With what you guys do. Yeah. They do. They're the the other only other group that I know of that does a variety of activities. Mm -hmm. But they're they're still, you know, climbing, kayaking, hiking. I think that's the extent. They don't do the hiking. They They do, like, kayaking. Uh, whitewater rafting, skiing and snowboarding yeah, in the winter. Gotcha. Um, but it's like every year, for the most part, they run the same trips. Yeah. Um, and they do them like every weekend for the season. They'll run kayaking, say. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. So like it's, I enjoy kayaking, but it's like the same itinerary every time. Um, yeah. So it's new for the guests, but when you work there for a long time, you get yeah, to do exactly. the same thing. I mean, the reason I program the way we do is because that's how I would want to do it. Like, exactly. I want to be able to mix it up. Yeah. And like, the only time we'll repeat stuff if it's like a dope hike, like Gertrude's Nose mm-hmm. was my favorite. Awesome. And like, we did it three times this year. I'm sold out three times. Yeah. But I love that hike. It was great. Yeah. I did it a couple weeks ago. That was yeah. the day it was like really rainy though. Yeah. And we got to the top and you like couldn't even see beyond. Really? The cl- you couldn't see anything. Wait, I don't we, know what the top of it? Gertrude's nose looks like. You don't? <laughs> like I know we, we went there. Yeah. Wasn't I with you that day? I don't think so. Oh, this was the, the third, the, the most recent one, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, we got to the top and you could not see anything. Yeah, I mean, you basically... <laughs> we were in the cloud. It's not that you it see something nice. It's not necessarily the view that's nice. Yeah. It's the ridgeline walking and seeing sure. the, the rock formations across as well. That's the really nice part. Mm-hmm. Because when you see the, the view, it's cool to see the view, but it's like you see a town. You see yeah. like buildings. I, actually, and I don't know what the view is. I'm not... <laughs> I prefer going on a heist where the view is like trees or... Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see... I don't want to see like another town or like a strip mall when I'm looking over... A cliff. Yeah. You know? um, all right. Let's, let's get to some of these questions here. What do you do for fun? Rock climbing. All the time? Like, yeah. Rock <clears throat> where? climbing. Outdoors um, only or do indoors I climb well? at Metro Rock indoors in Bushwick, okay. um, which is where I live. 
And then, yeah, this weekend I'm going outdoors in New Hampshire, which I'm really looking forward nice. to. I've been to Kentucky. Uh, I'm like just starting to dabble in the outdoor climbing. Have you done the climbing where um, it's like you're, you're climbing uh, with no harness or whatever, but what saves you is like the water underneath. So you're climbing over Deep water. Deep water soloing. Deep water I have soloing. not. Yes. I have not, but I would love Jeff to. Jeff was talking about that. So yeah. apparently it is a great deep water in soloing Spain. in Spain. Yeah, in Mallorca. In Mallorca and Sardinia too. Oh, in Sardinia too. Uh, I think I think it's no, Mallorca is the one yeah. where, where people go to. Yeah. I think I saw that climbing show with the uh, Aquaman, whatever his name is. Oh, um, Jason Momoa. Yeah, yes. where he has this climbing I just show on. Yeah, I, I watched a few episodes. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But the one where they fall into the water, like if you lose grip, you gotta kick out. You gotta be a good swimmer too. Like I, you you're not a good climber, but a good swimmer. Back. Yeah. <laughs> no fix. I'm not the strongest swimmer. So, so. All you, so you you climb a lot. What else do you do? Uh, Any. Anything else? Like, you do anything indoors? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, in, the climbing is the indoor thing. Right. Outdoors, I, now that I did the wilderness therapy backpacking job, I definitely like to do a lot of, like, outdoor stuff. I feel like yeah. that's kind of what people, like, know me for, <laughs> yeah. is being this outdoorsy person, which I, like, wouldn't have, I wouldn't be that person without having done the wilderness therapy. Um, mm. Yeah, so definitely, like, just hiking. What about, are you a music head? I like music, but I don't, I'm not good at like playing music. No, I'm saying, would you, you go to concerts or shows? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I saw, are you involved in a band or your friend's band or something like that? My friends are in a band. Okay. Yes. Kids Smoko. What is it? Kids Smoko. Kids Smoko. Yeah. Shout them out. Those are your people. Shout out Kids Smoko. Follow them on Instagram. K I D dash S M O K O. What kind of dash music? Dash or dot. I'm not sure. Kids Smoko. What Kids kind of, Smoko. What kind of music? Um, like alt indie pop kind of a, a mix of genres okay. definitely i think they're they'd Bushwick? be upset if i named one specific <laughs> genre no, no um genre. they're actually in la okay yeah so if we if i come out to la i would definitely make a little side let's trip let's to see uh them. let's figure that out when yeah. maybe we can combine uh an outsider ship when they do a show yeah be that'd cool. be amazing uh what are your personal and career goals and dreams Ooh. Personal goals kind of ties into career a little bit. Um, I really want to do like international solo travel in the next like one to two years. What places are on your list? Everywhere. Like, <laughs> I get it, but like, like which I ones like stand out? I'm the person where I like wouldn't <clears throat> say no to go to the opportunity to go right. anywhere. Um, have you heard of <sighs> Have you heard of World Packers? What World Packers? No. Do you know what woofing is? Like the farm yes. work. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's a similar concept to that where you essentially work somewhere in exchange for accommodation. Okay. But what World Packers does is it's not just farming. It's like a variety of different types of things. And a, lo a big one is working at hostels. So you kind of like work the front desk at a hostel for 15 to 20 hours a week. You get free accommodation and meals through the hostel. So you're actually going to be doing this? I do want to do this. Yes. When this is like my this? big like next how long would you? How long thing. would you be doing that for? I'm trying to plan ahead because uh, we need to guide some mics. Do it in the summer months. <laughs> I want to do it for like a long time. A year? Like six months at least. Yeah. Wow. Six months to a year. Um, I have to like quit my job and leave New York to do it, which is kind of Can you do like big. a sabbatical where... Uh, if I work three years at Legal Aid, um, I might be able to do a sabbatical. Yeah. It's kind of being like negotiated right now <laughs> really yeah not like me personally they're they're trying to get that as like for across the organization the employees are asking for that gotcha um 
So that would come up in November. But I don't know if I want to set a six-month limit, per se. Like, I don't want to necessarily come back when I, like... Do you want to become, like, a... What's the word? Like... I don't know, but someone who like in, travels nonstop, and, like just in climbing, it's called dirt bagging, which is just like I don't want someone who like climbs and like lives. Yeah. Like, That's out a of their great car. name, though, man. Dirt bagging. I would love to say I'm a dirt bagger. <laughs> so your personal goal is to be a dirt bag. No dirt bag. <laughs> dirt bagger. Dirt bagger. Excuse me. I told my mom about the phrase dirt bag, and she was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> you should get uh, stickers and and. Uh, Dirtbag life. I want to do life. that. I would love to like, <laughs> I'd love to travel the world working in like hostels and stuff because you get to stay for anywhere from like one week to a month. So you can kind of hop around every week yeah. and have free accommodations, which right. is like a very unique way to travel. Um, or I want to like go work in a national park for a summer, somewhere like Yosemite where climbing is like prolific and yeah. get to just like, you know, work at the cash register or something, and then in my evenings, climb. What's the famous uh, wall in... El Cap. El Cap, yeah. Yeah. You can do that? I would love to. Could you do it? I would do it, for sure. I don't think I'm yet strong enough to do it. I don't think I'm a good enough climber yet. Have you climbed with Max yet on our team? No, but I see... I follow his Instagram videos. (laughs) But he's bouldering. He's not climbing. Yeah, he only boulders, yeah. yeah. Um, What's your motivation? For which? For, I mean, more personal because your your career goals seem to be more in line with personal stuff. Yeah. So what motivates you? Like, what's your motivating factor for all these things? I think just like a, a passion to do what is just like the thing on my mind. Like, I feel like I was talking about this with some friends recently. Like, this year I've really grown into just kind of like, if I have an idea, like I'm going to make it happen. I'm mm-hmm. going to go do it, whether that's like a trip or whatever. Um, kind of just like, yeah, when something comes into yeah. my head, I want to be able to act on it. I don't want to like wait around for someone else to, you know, go travel with me right. or something. If I want to think of it, I just want to do it. I saw, uh, I think it was CeeLo Green that posted something saying he respects the hell out of people who come up with an idea and make it happen and see it through to the end yeah. and create something for you. It's an experience. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like I, I totally respect people who are willing to do that. People who come up with ideas, oh, it would be great to do this and then don't execute. I'm like, you guys are, what are you doing with yourselves? Yeah. You know? I think that I felt, uh, I've, wanting to travel has like been in the back of my mind for a long time. But I think there's a lot of fears about like, I mean, the things I mentioned, like quitting my job, mm-hmm. like you know, finding a subletter in my apartment or losing my apartment. Um, But I think a big factor is also like people, when I tell people I want to do something like that, they're like, oh, but you want to like be a solo female traveler? Like that's very dangerous. Like I think people kind of worry about, and my mom too, like worry about traveling alone. Um, And I think I'm kind of leaning into the fact that like, I don't want something like that to hold me back. And I don't want to just wait around for someone who can come with me. Like, I want to go if I just want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Um, this is always something to think about as far as safety goes, depending on where you go. Yes. But there's always a means to do it safely. For sure. So follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your fa- What advice would you give high school you? Hmm. Advice would I give high school me? I think... Like, I mean, this sounds corny, but just like follow your gut, trust your instinct. Like, I think that was something I really grew into when I was at Skidmore um, was just 
like leaning more into being myself and just not really worrying about what other people right. think. It's <laughs> great advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Follow your intuition. Mm-hmm. It will never leave you, lead you wrong. Yeah. Never. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what's your favorite part of outsiders? The social aspect, for sure. For sure. Just repeating me, but yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely like, yeah, getting to meet new people. Um, I feel like being able to expand like the people I interact with on a day to day basis, too, and just kind of like, you know, you're hiking next to someone and they just have like a whole life you've like never yeah. heard about. <laughs> that's why, like, I. I enjoy floating through the middle. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel fortunate to have you, Jill, Ifani, those who I can trust to lead. Yeah. Because this way I can, you know, give everyone a little attention because I feel like they came to, uh, to our trip and everyone wants to be heard, right? And this story wants exactly. to be heard. So, but also for me, it's fascinating. That's why I do this. Like I think the human story is amazing. So, yeah. uh, that's one of my favorite parts as well. For sure. And sometimes people like have the coolest coolest story the most like unexpected thing i was talking to some guy coming down the stairway to heaven last year and he was talking about his time in nepal and he was like he had I think he just missed the earthquakes or he was no he was he got stuck because of the earthquakes he was safe uh, and he talked about his experience like while he was stuck there like mm-hmm. helping the locals and then meeting people like charlie who's on our team who climbed base camp of everest and yeah I haven't met Charlie yet. I gotta, yeah, gotta, I gotta ask get her, about that. I gotta get her back out. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get her back out there yeah. soon. Um, ooh, let's see. I asked you that already. What is your most embarrassing moment? Embarrassing moment. I feel like the <laughs> the thing that comes to mind is like the first time I had got my period was not a good time. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I, wait, wait, I want to, before you even continue, <laughs> I love the fact that you, you're using this as a story. Yeah. Because I feel like most people would be not want to mention, most women would not yeah. want to mention this. Keep on going. Let's hear this. The first two times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the first time, the first time was um, during standardized testing at school. Oh. So like, <laughs> you know, you you have like the couple hours of test you get the 10 minute break a couple hours of test so I like went to the bathroom and you know figured that out that had happened (laughs) and then had to like this part wasn't embarrassing the second one's embarrassing then had to like sit through the rest of the test um with just like you know lots of toilet paper (laughs) but let me ask this is gonna be a really stupid question women might laugh but do you have any idea it's on its way do you have any clues coming no Always really? at school. Always at school. Always wow. at school. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, second time. Let's hear that. Second time was, this one was more embarrassing. I was at, this is when I was still doing gymnastics. Um, I was at a nationals gymnastics competition. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing like, you know, a leotard. Yeah. Like, so again, I had no idea it was coming. Um, I was a about to compete I was like maybe the first next person up and my coach pulled me aside and just like I guess had noticed that I was bleeding right. <laughs> in the middle of this like competition <laughs> oh my I had no idea um so I went to the bathroom yeah it just kind of tried to clean up then had to compete it was just yeah. I 
I appreciate you for telling these stories. I feel there's yeah. so many women out there who probably have embarrassing stories about their first time, first yeah. times, and uh, would never feel comfortable sharing. But I, <laughs> but but I think it's great. I think it's great that you shared that. That's, feels vulnerable. <laughs> and and exactly like some of the best stories are people telling like really vulnerable, embarrassing moments. Yeah. Ken Tanaka. I appreciate that she learned, didn't admit like she. What's your most embarrassing story? She went right in right there. Right for it. <laughs> Everybody exactly. else has to sit there and like, well, let me think about this yeah. for a I second. Mean, but I feel like... It stands out. Uh, you don't forget something yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe people don't have one that really stands out. Yeah. Um, I, I'd have to think about mine for a second. I have something that pops up in my mind, but when someone interviews me, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Cool as hell. <laughs> Appreciate you. Yeah. You're cool. <laughs> um, is there anything that I haven't asked you you want to share about yourself while you're here? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like you like covered all the bases. Um, I definitely, in terms of, I think I just want to like affirm people doing what they like set their mind to. Mm -hmm. um, and even if that's getting out there and doing something alone. Um, I think that's a big thing to kind of like lean into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your solo travel. Yeah. You know, I, as much as I want you here for outsiders, <laughs> like I want you to do that for yeah. sure. And this way, maybe you can inspire you to lead others. And to I'll come same. back with even more experience. Under there my you belt. go. There you go. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll, yeah. we'll help you if we, if we can. Um, all right. So last segment is a series of five rapid fire questions. Have you okay. watched this? I've episode? seen a couple. Okay, yeah. You've seen it. So you, yeah. you know some of these questions. Okay. All right, are you ready? I think so. Okay, what's your favorite city other than New York City? It's New York or nowhere. Like, Oof. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I can like, respect that. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably, like, for not answering the question, that's the best response. <laughs> it's my politician answer. You're, you're allowed to not have an answer. <laughs> uh, if you could do any other profession, what would it be? Outdoor guiding, for sure. Like, uh, full-time? Yeah. Like being like a backpacking guide. I'd go back to that, but not in the like therapy. Yeah. Just in, no, I hear that. In the fun yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. No leaves for uh, a week and showers yeah. every day. Um, what's your vice? Hmm. I think just getting outside. Like I feel like it's coming, that's coming up over and over again, but that right. really is like if I, you know, if I have something on my mind, like I'm going to go walk it off. Like right. if it's just around. I would say as a vice, it's like, a healthy, I mean, it's, Maybe advice isn't always negative, but I see it as having somewhat of a negative connotation. Is there anything that you, you know, you have like a sweet tooth you can't get rid of? Or like, is there any negative thing that you, or you're just perfect? <laughs> I don't think that this is negative per se, but like, I mean, being in bed in general, and I have like a weighted blanket on my bed, and the weighted blanket like is everything to I'm, me. I've been thinking about getting one of those. Oh my it's god, I can't be, recommend enough. Really, I can't recommend. Can you send me a link? Yeah. Perfect. Yes. All right. Um, what's your greatest fear? Greatest fear. Hmm. <laughs> I think like something I spend a lot of time thinking about is ticks. And like Lyme disease, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that like yes. I do not play around with that. That freaks me out. Shout out to Georgia, who who uh, was on our 
camping weekend, uh, the first one we did, and got everybody paranoid about ticks. But she found some. She found some on her fiance, and uh, they got it tested, and it turned out it had limes. Really? So he took the antibiotics. It was fine. Yeah, I know. But she was checking like everybody. She's like, you're checking buttholes too. Like I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You gotta check everywhere. Yeah, you do. They're tiny. I know someone who didn't catch it um, in time. Well, okay. They didn't die. If you don't catch it in time, you can right. pass away. But they, what happened was half their face start like went drooping. Bell's palsy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like caused by limes. Yeah. yeah. And did um, they did they recover? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But that was how they even found out that they had limes mm. in general. Was the symptom was like their face started drooping. Like never, they didn't find the tick on them, you know. Right. The time. Yeah. This was like maybe weeks later. Um, they had to go through the antibiotics or whatever. But after I, once I saw that, I was like, oh, that's one of your greatest fears. Ticks. That's a, that's a rash, especially my in the northeast. I don't want my face looking. Like I, thought you, I thought your answer was gonna be like your answer for biggest fear was gonna be being inside. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That yeah. too. I get antsy for uh, sure. <laughs> I think everyone in the outsiders does. Yeah. That's why we do this. Um, sure. Last question: What's your favorite food, and what did you bring today? Okay, I was thinking a lot about my favorite food. Um, What I brought today is some pasta salad. Okay. Um, I think it, that's what I'm saying, I'll bring up the Italian thing. I was going to say, I'm like, what are you talking about the Italian thing later? All right, cool. Um, It's kind of like a, like an Italian grinder pasta salad. Okay. So a bunch of different stuff in it, like salami, olives, tomato, onion, I don't know. I forget. So you made this one? Yes, I did make this. It's let's see it. It came out of the. um, I froze it. I made like some a while ago. So is it gluten free? No, I can't have it. Uh, (laughs) More for me. More for me. Enjoy. But describe. So you say grinder. Grinder is a sandwich. Yes. Okay. So Um, so it's essentially just like what would go on like what you would think of as an Italian So savory. Grinder. Oh my goodness. Um, so like an antipasta. Yeah. Okay. And there then it's go. doused in Italian dressing. Bams well. is Irish and Puerto Rican, but he said that like a real Italian. <laughs> I'm from this area. That's why. Antipasta. <laughs> um, is that, so that's your go-to? That's your go-to? This is my go-to like um, summer meal. Like yeah. I'm at the beach or like in the middle of a hike. Like this is like what? It's so good. And you, it's cold. You have so to have like the, like enough of like the savory elements of exactly. that for sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I see that. But I think in, because I was also trying to think about like certain foods I crave after a hike and that is a burger. Like <laughs> anytime really? we go out to eat after outside, you get a burger? Like, really? Ask any of the gods. I order a burger every time. I don't necessarily <laughs> have a craving. I used to have a beer after, but I don't, I don't really, I can't do gluten anymore. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I'm just, I just want something like, I know what I feel like having after a hike, what you would have as a hangover uh, f- a meal, you yeah. know? That's what I, I want to have after a hike. Which is what for you? <laughs> I mean, it could be a burger. Mm-hmm. Uh, burritos breakfast are food, up there. Burritos, tacos. Oh like anything really yeah. fatty and savory. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> and like heavy. Like I want something yeah. like it's just going to sit in my stomach. Exactly. Yeah, especially after a long hike. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about regarding your food? <laughs> Not specifically, just it like kind of reminds me of family, mm. like the Italian. What about Armenian? Do you make Ar- Armenian well, food? Well, I wanted to I wanted to bring Armenian food too, but it's a very intensive long process. Long Same process. Turkey food. I've never I got this Armenian cookbook I was like really excited about and I opened it up and the recipes like start at the top like day one. Yeah. <laughs> do this. Day two, do this. And you're like, I don't have fucking 
can do yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made one of my favorite Persian dishes I decided to make. I saw some uh, Persian chef make it on Instagram. And we did like a shorter version. It took four mm. hours. Oh, yeah. Like minimum. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, it. part of the reason why it's so good is it takes so long to make. Yeah. And you got to put so we much. Like marinades. Exactly. So many spices. But yeah. like that's unrealistic. You probably have to meal prep with stuff like yeah. that. Like that's what you use for meal prepping. You mm -hmm. cook something. I don't know about day one, day two. But <laughs> Once I saw like that, I just was like. Four or six <laughs> hours, you know, make enough so you can have it for yeah. a week. And then you're good. Yeah. It sits as more as a coffee table book now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> table one. Get out of here. Uh, uh, thank you for, for being here today. Thank you, thank coming you so letting, much. Had a good time. Letting us know about your life. And um, yeah, let's, let's get a little a round of applause for her, guys. <laughs> thank you to the audience. <laughs> there you go. And I also want to thank you for being so reliable, such a great guide, such a great leader on our team. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Of course. Appreciate you. We'll have you back Forward one day. Next after, after your year abroad, we'll have you back. I'll give you plenty of heads up for the year abroad. Please do. But also, <laughs> even if it's like a year or six months, but yeah. record content. Maybe we can even get you like a partnership for that. Yeah. Um, but we want to hear all about your, your trip abroad. So we'll come back with some stories, okay? Will do. All right. So thank you. Thank Bye. you.